Hey, this is Baby Bear. And Papa Bear. And welcome to another great episode of We Are Against All Odds. This is a very special episode where we actually were able to interview um, a friend of ours that we just met. Online. And he's a phenomenal soul. And we are looking forward to sharing his story with you. I cannot. I, I thought I was the only one that had a, a, a unique story, but this guy has got a unique story. And I think this is could be the start of something good once, um, once you hear what his story is, and hopefully others will start sharing more. Yeah. In fact, uh, if you would like your story heard... We would love to listen and uh, go ahead and get in touch with us and we could be found through the um, men over 60, gay men men over 60, or um, um, you can message me on Facebook, Um, uh, it's Todd Ben Orden, or you can message Steve at Steve Scranton and we will... Definitely get in touch with you and make that happen. Anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview. Enjoy. I can't wait. Certified, uh, registered radiologic technologist working at a hospital. And uh, the draft board, the local draft boards, were starting to send me a lot of letters. And I thought, well, if I'm going to go... I'm going to go into the branch of service that I always liked, even as a kid, and I really don't know why. But it was the Navy, yeah. and I went and I went and enlisted, and I insisted that they let me stay as an X-ray person. And the guy looked at me, and he said, "Okay, okay, yes, all right." That, of course, I wasn't really sure that I could believe him, but in actuality, when I went in, they sent me to hospital corps school. And I did my training there, and uh, the day that, as I told you, the the day that we had finished school, and and they were making the announcement of who's going where, who's going there, it was really funny because who's going to the Mediterranean, who's going to the West Coast, blah, 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 and they go to Dio, and I went, yes, you're going to go to to, uh, Paris Island, and I went, oh boy, okay, fine. I know what that means. Going to ship right over with the Marines, which that's who we take care of, besides the Navy guys. Right. About ten minutes later, before we all left the room, they just said, "The deal, come back here." And I went. I said, "What did I do now?" <laughs> and they said, "No, no, no. You're you're going to go to Boca Chica, Florida." I went. What? So, went home, told my wife, and. Uh, I mean, came back to Philadelphia, got my wife, and said, we're going to Boca Chica, Florida. And I ended up going to Boca Raton. To me, it was Boca Boca. Who knew? And, right, the yeah, Boca. and, poli- and I asked the policeman, I said, where's the Navy base? And he said, what Navy base? And I said, and I showed him my orders, and he said, kid, well, he called me a kid. You just, I was in my like 20s, you just keep driving all the way down as far as you can go. And we did. And ended up in Key West, and uh, I ended up at the Naval Station doing X-ray and 
um, regular corpsman duties. And the reason I was sent there was because the person who was there doing x-rays was either finished in the Navy or retiring. And so since I was already fully trained, they sent me there. And that's how I luckily, and I say that till today, ended up in Key West, Florida, and not in Vietnam, which is where I was destined to go. Yeah. Uh, although I had no problem going there, but I thought, boy, have you lucked out, you know, after I gave it some thought. And so I began my career down there, and um, my wife was with me. Uh, we had an apartment, and uh, she got a job, and uh, we, everything was fine, and Sometimes I'd go out with the guys, like I told you, and several times uh, this person would would be following me up the street, and uh, and as I and I didn't know the person, and I wasn't even a clue as to why. Like I said, I had not had any experience, mm -hmm. but uh, one night, as I told you, one night I turned around and just said, "Why are you following me?" You know. And, he said, I just, I see that, you know, you were out with the guys in the Navy, just wanted to talk. And I went, okay. Now, you know, we, talk, we talked on the street. And then a couple of weeks went by, I'm out again with the guys, you know, again, following me. And uh, I said, what is it? You wanted to talk, we talked. What do you want now? You know, I'm still not, I've been with anybody. And they, he said, well, we just talk. I went, okay, we'll talk. This time we went to his place, house, a huge place in Key West, and we talked and nothing occurred. Then I saw him again later and went back to the house. Next thing I know, he was beginning to make out with me, and at first I'd go, what? You know. And then I gave in and... Uh, then the rest sort of became history. Went to bed, uh, still went home, and went to bed with my wife. I'm still doing <laughs> the two things. Right. And not thinking that I'm leaving her. Never gave that a thought. I really didn't, because I really did love her. Mm -hmm. uh, and this went on and on. And, and then eventually I thought, well, eventually I said to myself, you can't keep this up. <laughs> you, you can't be out with him in bed, coming home, coming going to bed with your wife. This is getting, I'm getting exhausted, and after a while I thought, you're really pretending it's got to stop. Right. And so, and as I told you, we were talking one night, the guy and I, and he asked me my last name, and I asked him his, and he did say, oh, I know it's a Dio, and I said, you can't. I said, it's not a very common name, not even in Philadelphia. He said, no, no, I do, and I went, okay, I went, and I'm starting to think, now can't be, but then he said, yeah, her name is Eileen, and I had a reaction, an unbelievable reaction. It was like being hit with a bomb, I guess, and I, I remember saying out loud, oh, my God, no. And I, he said, I said, that's my wife, because he did not know I was married. I said, that's my wife. I said, and you're her hairdresser? Is that what you're telling me? And he went, yes. And I went, no, I have to go home. Goodbye, good night. I went right. home and 
stayed away from him for a few weeks, and and then I went. We got back together, and I finally went home and said, Eileen, I want a divorce. And she said, well, you have been out a lot. Who is she? And I went, oh, it's not a she. Well, what? I said, it's your hairdresser? Well, she lost it, and I don't blame her. I think she lost it even more, not that it was her hairdresser, but a guy. Yeah. Right. Because she thought it was a woman. And I went, no, and I said, I, we have to get a divorce. You know, you go back to Philadelphia, you file for a divorce, we could have whatever we've owned except my Mustang, which I love. And she <laughs> said, I don't want the car. <laughs> and I went, fine. And, you know, that's she went back to Philadelphia, and then I was down there with him, but still working at the naval base. And somehow, someone wrote a letter to the, to the commander and, the, and sent me a copy. And I went, oh, no, I'm dead. And uh, so a couple of days went by, and, and I went, I can't take this. Nobody's coming to me. I have a copy of the letter. So I went to him, and I said, I showed him the letter. He said, yeah, I've got it. He said, well, is it true? And I went, yeah. I said, I can't deny it. It's true. He said, go back to work. I have to. He, actually, what he said was, go back to work. I have to think about this. I went, okay. And I went back to work, and I thought, there really are no secrets in the Navy, in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, people, things get around. And I thought, these guys are going to kill me. <laughs> They're going to kill me when they get when they get this story. And uh, and then at that time, if you were caught in that that way, they would take you out of your current assignment and put you in a fake assignment someplace, and everyone on the base knew what it was all about. They knew it. And, and I waited, and I went, well, I wonder where they're going to send me. This ought to be good. And uh, <laughs> they never did. And... and uh, and I, I went to work every day, and I worked, and, you know, I thought, oh, I know that these people have to know. I know that these, and we were all friendly, the guys, and I went, I know they have to know. This is, like, getting very uncomfortable. And then they sent a, uh intelligence guy down to interview me, and uh, he took me out to this remote area at, out at the air base in this wooden shack with just a table and two chairs. It looked like something from out of a movie. It really did. And he's interviewing me, and he's asking me things, and he's asking me sexual things, and I'm using the, the, the proper sexual terminology. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and then he said, well, do you know other people on the base? And as a matter of fact, I did, and a few officers to boot, and a few of the Marines that I had been with. Wow. Uh, and I said, yeah. I said, I do, but I'm not giving you one name. He said, what? I said, I'm not giving you any names. You already have me, and I'm not involving anyone else in this situation. The answer is a definite no. And he went, okay. So he did his report, and, went, and the commander, when he let me read it, he turned what I said in sexual terms into the 
over-the-counter filthy terms. Oh. I was laughing, and I said to the commander, I said, God, this is like, this reads like pornography. And even he laughed, you know. And he said, go back to work. And I went, oh, how long is this going to go on? And then he called me back in, and he said, okay, you're going to get a discharge. And I went, oh, here we go, dishonorable discharge. And he said, no, it's not going to be dishonorable. And I looked at him, and I went, excuse me, sir? He said, no. He said, because we really don't, his exact words were, we don't know what the hell to do with you because you have a 4.0 rating. You've had it for three and a half years, a 4.0 rating. You're a second-class uh, corpsman, which the next the next step would have been first class, but you have to go more than four years. Mm-hmm. He said, no, just go back to work, and when the, day, when the day comes around, I'll tell you. And he told me like two days before. In fact, they even sent the investigator to interview, I'm going to use the term, my lover then. And mm-hmm. he, they came back and said, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, they're gay. And anyway, uh, yeah. And I thought, my last, and they said to me, you're going to get an honorable discharge, but you just can't have your uniforms. I went, huh? What? I mean, I don't care, but I went, how strange. Right. I said, but, I said to myself, but that's a good trade-off for an honorable discharge in an sure. era when there was no such thing. Sure. You were given a dishonorable discharge. I mean, and even today, many, many years later, every once in a while I still go and look at those papers going, it says honorable. I go, okay. And then I thought, well, now the guys know for sure, blah, blah, blah. But here, they surprised me with a big going away party. And I I looked at them and they said, Joe, we know. We don't care. And I I went, excuse me? We don't care. Best of luck. Enjoy the night. Have another beer. And and that's how I left Key West and came back to Philadelphia. Wow. And then and then the guy Jimmy followed me up here, but he turned to be he turned out to be running back and forth between him, between me and his first lover, oh. who had a lot more money. <laughs> and after a while, and after a while, I got tired of that and said, "It is over. Yeah. I cannot deal with this. Yeah. You know, uh, I, this is not what I want." I, I said, I, "I, I said, I may be out and about, but I'm, what I want is what I had with my wife, a, a, a supposedly lifetime relationship." Sure. And so we ended it, and about that was 1970. And around the beginning, I think, 1971, I was out at the bar, and a, a mute, well, who, I didn't know it was a mutual friend. I had said to him, oh, who's the guy at the end of the bar with the long hair? And he, he said, oh, it's, it's a friend of mine. Next thing I know, he brings Charlie over. <laughs> Charlie says to me, how you doing? You come here often? And I'm very sarcastic, and I said, not anymore if you keep talking to me. I'm never coming back here. And we we hit it off. We just hit it off, and here we are 49 years later. That is awesome. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Wow. I guess, you know, it was was just meant to be. That's how I was cut out. It was to try to to really, not not deliberately, but be with a single person forever. Mm -hmm. I guess it was in my system from... 
my family and all. But uh, And then I introduced him to my family. In fact, he even met my ex-wife. She wanted mm-hmm. to meet him. And uh went on like that. It's, are you uh, still in touch with your ex-wife? I'm very sorry? Are you, are you still in touch with your ex-wife? Uh, we used to be in touch all the time uh-huh. until, oh, by the way, she never got remarried. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. She never got remarried, sure. which I always felt terrible about. I, you oh, know, okay. I, was not, I was not happy with what, I, what, what had happened. Right. But, but one time, <laughs> her girlfriend called me up. Charlie heard this story a million times. Mm-hmm. And it, she says, Joe, Eileen's in the hospital. And I went, oh, my God, what's the matter? Oh, she'll tell you. I went, okay, Teresa, she'll tell me. I'll call her. Mm-hmm. So I called the hospital, and I said, what's wrong? What, uh, what, what's the matter? She said, oh, I had a baby. I said, oh, when did you get married? I'm telling you, 1950s. You know, when did you get, I mean, from my childhood, when did you get married? And she said, Oh, I didn't get married. I hate him. I went, excuse me? <laughs> you hate the guy that made you pregnant? Is that what you're telling me? She said, yeah. I went, okay. You wanted an annulment. We got an annulment from the Catholic Church. They signed it, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I said, I thought you wanted to get remarried in the church. No, mm-hmm. I hate him. I said, Can, so, this is the truth. I said, I have a few questions to ask you. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, did he have brown hair? Yeah. Did he have hazel eyes? Yes. Is he by any chance Italian? Yes. I said, there's only one question left, Eileen. Was his name Joe? She went, yeah. I said, don't you dare name that kid after me. Don't you dare give that kid my last name. <laughs> she, said, no. she said, no, I wouldn't do that. I said, you went to, some, you went to bed with somebody that reminded you of me, even though you hated him. I said, I guess that's a compliment. I said, but but it's beyond my comprehension. And anyway, and we still stayed friendly after that. In fact, I even met her daughter when Mm -hmm. my mother passed away. She came to the funeral, and her daughter said, oh, I've heard a lot about you. And I said, whatever you heard is absolutely true. And my ex-wife laughed, I guess, because I guess she told her, you know. Yeah. And we were friendly for a while. She'd call. Charlie would, you know, we would talk. But then one night she called, and I think she had been drinking, and she got really nasty. And I just said, look, no more phone calls. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And that may have been maybe 15 years ago or maybe even more. Not sure. Maybe 20 years now. I said, I just don't want to talk to you anymore because I'm not going to listen to this. What I did was wrong. I'm sorry that it happened, but this kind of talk is unnecessary. You should have said it a long time ago, not now. Mm-hmm. So that was the last time we talked. So, Joe, um, what you know, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, wrap wrap this up. Um, I do have a couple questions, though. So. Sure. Yes. Please, please do. Yes. The qu- I, Joe, I have a couple of questions. Was number one is as you're speaking, you're talking about. Uh, in the seventies, you were in the service, and no, I got out nineteen. I got out by nineteen seventy. I came okay. home. I was in during the sixties, during the Vietnam. Okay, yeah. okay, I, I'm with you, and, that, and that's more what I'm I'm relating to. But um, and, you, and you still speak of it as gay. But back then, I don't think they spoke of it as gay, did they? No, you were a faggot. 
a queer. Yeah, and, and even before that, it was queer, wasn't it? Queer, yeah. And, yeah. and until today, I still hate that term. Gay's fine yeah. with me. I hate the term queer, period. Yeah. You know, I remember, we're not, queer to me means you're strange, you know. Yeah. I remember going to school, and Thursday was Queer's Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had something like that here in Philadelphia where Queer Day was a Tuesday or something. Something yeah. something yeah. crazy in high school, which I never paid attention yeah. to. If Thursday? You were, oh, Charlie saying Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. And if you wore a particular color, and I'm thinking it might have been green, you were... No, here it was pink. Pink? Okay. okay. No, he's saying green. He's got a better memory about this than I do. <laughs> he's saying green, too. Okay. You were considered queer. Now, and, and let me let me just... Want, my other only question is, if um, at, you were during your 60s, okay... Uh-huh. But it wasn't, and that was really strange, I guess, for these guys in in the military. But then they they went through kind of an uh, uh, evolution, didn't they? Where they actually um, discharged guys from being gay. Oh, absolutely! Oh, there were listen. <laughs> there there were many gay guys in the military, but right. when they got caught. And officers to boot, not just not just the enlisted. In talking now in the Navy, not just enlisted, but officers too. Trust me on this one. And quite a few Marines, quite a few. But the only thing was, if you got found out, you were dishonorably discharged. I was maybe I don't know if I was the only exception, but I had to be one of the very very few that got an honorable discharge. You you are. And very until important. today, I'm so thankful. To the Navy what a story! For what a story! Yes, what that's a, why I said. That's why I said I still go look at the paper every once in a while and go, "Yeah, they really did this." Yeah, you, no, you would be dishonorably time? discharged. And we're yep. going to we're going to hold um, our end of the deal. But before we do that, I want to say, um, I just wanted to ask. You know, um, we're 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 trying to get a lot of the guys that are on our you know the the gay over sixty um, site. Um, yes. I'll just to give them something. And what what is what are your words of advice? Like what what is your Charlie's um, you know advice for these guys? You know what do they need to do? What do they need to do about what? Um, I don't know anything. Some of them are lonely. Well, it, well. First of all, I think for daily life, okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you like men. You're gay. Fine. Terrific. But you also. Like to me, the gay part, the, the, the sexual part, the gay part, is Correct. what happens in the bedroom, whatever. Everything else, to me, you lead a normal life. You work, you live, you read, you write, whatever, and you live your wife, life that way. Now, should you meet somebody, that's great. If you don't, that doesn't make you any less of a person. It just was not, not even all straight people get married or right. like live together. Now, a lot of guys, you know, think that if you're not, there's something wrong with you. And I say, no, there isn't because it's just the way things are. It doesn't make you less of a person if you haven't hooked up with somebody or, uh, you know, that kind of, it's kind of hard to explain because sure. somebody would say, well, You've been married for 49 years. You don't have any room to talk. But 
I never went out purposely searching for someone to spend the rest of my life with, not knowingly. Mm-hmm. And I went out and had a good time, don't get me wrong. Sure. But I never felt that, that there was anything abnormal about my life. Even when I was young, it was like I went to work, I did my job, I worked in hospitals. Mm-hmm. It, it was normal life to me. And I never felt that if I don't meet someone, even when I was younger, oh, my God, terrible. Now, I, I, I see some of the guys on the Facebook thing, our age, in the 60s and above, they seem to be a little despondent that they haven't met someone. And uh, and I don't know really how to address that to them. In fact, you know, is your life, other than that, do you have everything you want out of your life? And if you do, then that's okay. And then someday, even at your older age, you may meet someone in your age bracket. Sure. Forget forget looking for the chicken, as we call it. <laughs> the young younger guys. You know, forget that. Uh be yourself. My thoughts, and my I think thoughts you can on, be happy. Sorry. My thoughts on that are if you feel good about yourself, you're going to you're gonna find somebody eventually. But if yes. you don't feel good about, you know, if you don't feel good about yourself, you're gonna stay in the closet, you're gonna keep your head in the sand, and you're gonna be unhappy. Yes, and I happen to know someone like that <laughs> who is most unhappy, but he brought it on himself because of what right. you're saying, right. and now he's in his 60s, and he does go out with somebody occasionally, but he's totally, you know, it, it just doesn't work for him because he's not happy with his own life, and that's, a, that's an unfortunate thing. Right. I always led my life, like my career, then my family, and then fun, and then when I finally met Charlie, you know, it just mm-hmm. happened. Wasn't that amazing? I cannot get over it. This guy is one of a kind. Thank you very much again, Joe, for taking the time to uh, chat with us and to share your story with others. And I, I can't wait to hear more. I, Joe, I'm sure that, that you guys have many, many stories. And I'm sure that many of you out there have have stories too, and unique stories. There is so much negativity uh, out in the world, on the on the media, on Facebook uh, groups, the whole works. Let's turn it into positive and and uh, share our stories. We've got a lot to learn from each other. And you know, just like uh, Joe, and just like everyone else um, that we come across. Heck, even in our own lives, that if if we can do hard things, you can do hard things. I know it. And if you need help doing hard things, just let us know. You don't have to do things alone. And always do something nice for somebody. Try to do something nice for one, at least one person every day. And when you run into people, look them in the eye and smile. It makes a big difference. Take care. Stay safe.